When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with... Co-host Catherine Brandt. <laughs> Andy Brandt-Bernard. Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen. Mike Molina. Tevin Pittman, a.k.a. The Brown Bomber, a.k.a. I got nothing else, I'm sorry. I failed you. Oh, my God, oh, you're so lame. I'm, I'm going to throw... Well, I mean, you, oh, you weren't here. I got yelled at last time. Yeah. Good God. What a shot. Yeah. <laughs> he said the man, the myth. We said I got mostly yelled the myth. at, yeah, mostly the myth. Uh, All right, we'll be right back. A special tribute. Up next, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Up front, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. When you say there's a heaven for those who are waiting, some say it's better, but I say it ain't. Fun. You know that only the good die young. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show, part two. Timmy Lammers with us. Tim, very sad news last week. Sorry to hear about it. Well, thank you, Tom. I mean, and look, uh, you know, how, how old was your mom when you lost her? 87. My dad was 87. That's yeah, too that, young. It's too young, but that's an amazing amount of time to have with someone, isn't it? Yeah, that's it is. true. And you gotta, you got to feel thankful for all those years you had. Um, I lost my mom 21 years ago. Um, she was 65. God. And I thought that was an amazing amount of time to have someone. So. Yeah. You just have to feel blessed for the time that you have, and you got to, you know, make the most of the time with them. You have to do your best uh, to uh, carry on the way that they positively influenced you. Our parents make us. I truly believe that. And, um, you know, they don't really die as long as you, A, honor their memory, but, again, uh, continue with the traits that they taught you, the, the good things, you know, the, the drive that my dad had, the, the passion that my mother had, the emotion that my mother had. So, you know, thank you, Mom. I cry at every television commercial I see, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's that sort of thing that, you know, the stories Dad told. You know, keep telling those stories and he will never really die. Um, so, you know, it's sad. And, and, and truth be told, this guy had beat back so many things in the last 10, 15 years, you know, cancer, uh, stroke, um, you know, problems with his blood pressure. I mean, you name it. And eventually he got congestive heart failure. We just thought the guy was invincible. Yeah. And, when we got to the uh, hospital about 10 days ago, and uh, the day before they said, you know, six months at best, um, he said to us, you know, cry for me, not, don't cry for me. I've had a great life. And um, right after that, it was individually, me and my kids and my wife, how are you doing? He took it, he didn't, the focus was not on him. The focus was on the people around him, the people that loved him and um, the people that he loved. And so, I mean, I got to just feel fortunate by everything. You know, we left the hospital, and my wife said, are, are you sad? And I said, you know, I am, but I can't think of a better conversation to, to the last conversation than that to have with my dad, yeah. you know? so yeah, that's true. I, you know, he, he was one of these guys, and I, I know I told you this before, but I'll say it again. Um, one of his deals was, you know, no matter how bad you think you have it, somebody somewhere else in the world has it a lot worse. And I believe that. I mean, every time he was ill, I mean, he, it was kind of like, okay, it happens. I'll deal with it. You know, it wasn't cry for me. It was never about pity. It was about, you know, uh, picking yourself up and charging ahead. It was all about being positive. And I only hope that I can achieve half of what he achieved in that regard. And what did he do? So, he was a Wright County deputy. That's what I thought. Yeah, and uh, he did that for over 30 years. He was chief of police of Waverly at one point. He was a police officer in Howard Lake. He was a military policeman in the Korean War. You know, so, I mean, obviously, I was tremendously proud of those things. I was tremendously proud of him growing up. I mean, the guy worked his ass off, man. I mean, not only was he a full-time deputy, he was a full-time farmer. And then on top of that, on the weekends, he would either uh, be a a police officer at a dance or at the drive-in, you know, at the Cinnabuff in Buffalo, you know, where he'd bring the kids with. And I 
suspect that maybe somehow that had something to do with why I do what I do, you know? So, you know, I mean, he had this tremendous work ethic, um, and he never complained about that, you know, never complained about the work. Um, and that's why I don't complain about anything. You know, if you have a problem, you, you tackle it head on and, and you fix it and you move on, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you, you, you mourn, yes, but I, I, I choose to be inspired, right? I, mm-hmm. I choose to, to charge forth, um, you know, in a positive sort of way and take comfort in knowing that him and mom are together again. And, right. and I have to tell you, Tom, to have the opportunity to do this with you now, to be on the KQ Morning Show, you know, to be on the different outlets I'm on, you know, on Care 11, whatever, right. to have worked with Bill Carlson, you know, way back when, when I first started, they love that, you yeah. know? Yeah, oh, they yeah. just love that. And so, I mean, he, he was, they were so happy about that. And, you know, so, you know, we all want to make our parents proud. And, uh, my God, how, how blessed do I feel for that, too, you know? No doubt about it. I We were talking about this maybe about a year ago. Maybe it was that long ago. But um, the oldest person that I ever met was when I was four years old, my great-grandmother, Susan Bernard was 104 years old when she died. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1851, long wow. before Abraham Lincoln was president <laughs> of the United States. So she was born in 1851. Now, if I live to be, you know, 90 years old, which is entirely possible, and I meet Fawn's children, uh, from Susan Barnard being born in 1851, until Fawn's children, you know, if they live the same length, if they live to be 104 years old, they will live to be to the year 2151. So there's wow. a 300-year span there and from people that I met and then people that met me. That's pretty damn cool, actually. 300 yeah. years of memories. I could, you know, I could tell them about Susan Barnard when I, you know, I meet them, my great-grandchildren. She was my great-grandmother. I could tell my great-grandchildren, therefore they will know about her, so her memory will have lived for 300 years. That's right. That's, that's why people never die. That, that, yeah, that's yeah, an that's amazing right. thing. And, not, and believe me, Tom, not many people can say that. You, no. know, to, to have, you know, again, to have lived 104 years. My God, that's incredible. I, I talked with my, uh, my mom's uh, aunt, uh, the other night, she's 97 yeah, and sharp as a tack. And that's the other thing too. My dad, you know, he was BSing and, and being inappropriate and telling, you know, <laughs> right. you know, I won't say anything that he said here, but you know, it's like, he didn't give a crap, you know? <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I told the, uh, my aunt Helen, my great aunt Helen that, yeah, you better make it to a hundred. And, and, you know, because, you know, you have to value that history. Uh, she, I believe she saw Charles Lindbergh fly over on his wow. great flight. Isn't that amazing? You know? See, How so amazing cool. is that? That is wonderful. I mean, that's you just know, a wonderful so story. Embrace history. Embrace, you know, your, 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 uh, where you came from. Yep. And, and keep those stories coming. Because, again, that's how people live on forever. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to sound too corny about it, but that's, that's true. That's really how it happens. 
You know, in all likelihood, Fawn's children will probably live to be more like 130 years old. They'll have, uh, you know, they'll get special parts, you know, electronic, bionic, whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I could see it certainly happening. I don't think there's any question about that. So I I don't know. I I just wanted to make sure, and it's not just because your father was a copper and, you know, a deputy and all the rest of it, but... uh, you know, when anybody loses their uh, loses a parent, it's it's tough. There's no question. Um, yeah, I know. guess the best thing, you know, again for for us as children, and um, and and we were fortunate enough with my mom too. She had cancer, but you know, we had time with her at the end, just as we had time mm-hmm. with dad at the end. Is that we all? There was nothing there but love for him, um, mm-hmm. and and the only thing that you can take with you is love. Yep. It doesn't matter how much you had in this life. The only thing you could take with them is is that love that surrounds you when you go. That's the greatest gift of all. And it's and true. I'm I'm so glad that we had that opportunity to 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 be there for him when he needed it the most. Yep, my uh, second cousin Lamont Dean just died a few months ago, and he was a Hennepin County Deputy Sheriff. He was a Minneapolis police officer first, then he became a Hennepin County Deputy Sheriff. So. We have, uh, you know, had similar relatives, no doubt about it. And Lamont lived to be 92.5 years old. It was great. <laughs> well, you know, and they're in an occupation where, obviously, it's not the most popular occupation. Not um, right now, no. You know, and, and again, it's, it's the sort of thing that, you know, you, you could, with all the crap that cops take, I mean, you could turn it into a negative. But no, no, they never did, mm-hmm. you know. Nope, it's true. You know, you're doing your job, and you're providing for your families, and you're you're being a stand-up person. You know, how could you not but admire that? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we did pay special tribute to your dad because of here's a guy who probably worked some days 20 hours a day, you know. Yeah. Probably true. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, again, I feel like, God, I feel like a bum next to him, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but again, you know, all the kids work very, very hard, yep. and I know that's because of, you know, I mean, when you're around that, plus it's like, hey, the cows get out at midnight, get your ass up, <laughs> you know, we're going out and we're chasing cows, you oh, know. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's something you learn, and, uh, you know, it's something, again, you see why later in your life. I mean, it's, it, it's turned out to be something very, very important to all of us. It influenced all of us and uh, taught all of us, so... Did yeah. your dad? Because but thank you, were, you, thank you for allowing oh, yeah. me the time to, to talk about it. Well, no, it's not that we want to pay tribute to him as well. Plus, the fact I'm sure since you were a movie reviewer, he probably thought you were a sugar tit for having a Hollywood job. <laughs> Absolutely, he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the reason. You know, I mean, and that was like, again, that was so cool. When Fantastic. you know, the, he, how's your writing going and everything? I mean, it was just so cool. I mean, yep. he loved it. He, you know. I, Honestly, Tom, he didn't want us to be cops. You know, he knew. Right. He knew it was tough. And, uh, you know, he supported everything. He thought it was nuts. You know, when I, I, I was in a government job before this, I worked at a, a, a federal court, in fact. Uh, I, I got a political science degree. I mean, he thought I was crazy walking away from that sort of job. But once he saw that I had that drive and passion and made something of it, I mean, my God, he was, he was very proud and he really was supportive of it. And, uh, yeah, um, symbolically, I did get a law enforcement degree as well, I guess. Did you really? Symbolic in it. Oh, yeah. That's very um, cool. I, I, I didn't I didn't take the post-licensure thing for Minnesota, but I could have gone anywhere else in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the U.S. and worked as a cop right. at, had I wanted to. Again, you know, it's a, it was a degree. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, and I kind of look back at it. You know, I had a couple credits go. I thought, you know what, I'm I'm going to get this degree too. Uh, yep. uh, you know, yep. if any, if if not for any other reason, just to, in a way to to pay tribute for to to what he's done for me. So yeah, yeah. Old Timmy's got a law enforcement degree, if you can believe that. <laughs> Damn. I don't know if it's good anymore. That's more than thirty years old, but well, it's yeah. a law, law enforcement degree, so it still works. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. It, uh, you know, I took many, many law enforcement classes, taught by the best, but really taught by the best by you know living in the same house as him and going riding around in 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 the squad car, you know, stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. how exciting, you know. And plus, I got to be with my dad too. You know, it wasn't every day, but you know, there were there were quite a few times I I uh, rode around with him. So your dad was born in 1931. Uh, 1930. 1930. Yeah. My so mom was born in 31. This year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he would have been 88 in November. So and there you go. Yeah, that's it's pretty interesting. incredible. But my mother died again, in March 80, and would have been uh, would have been 88 in August. So they, exactly, yeah. you know, 87 years. Yep. I mean, how fortunate are we? You know, we are so fortunate. You know, that's just the way I look yeah. at it. We we were so blessed to have uh, our our loving parents around for that long. Man. Not, you know, well, I don't know about you. Got to celebrate that, you know. Parent, but you know, it's a different. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. You know. <laughs> That's weird though, because my father died when he was sixty-two. My mother yeah. died at eighty-seven. Your mother died at sixty-five. You said. Yes. And then your father yes. died at eighty-seven. Well, that's man. It's interesting. Well, she she was sixty-five, but she packed enough passion and love into a hundred years. There you go. <laughs> yeah, she 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 gave us enough in her sixty-five that would have lasted for another thirty-five easily. She was such a loving person, and again, it's funny because to- polar opposites. You know, I mean, you know, I'm very. I-, I take after my mom's side as far as uh-huh. you know the the emotional part of me and the 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 you know compassionate, and then I take that passion from my dad mm-hmm. and that. That attitude, that fighting toughness, you know, that integrity, and sure. and never, ever, ever giving up on anything. I mean, that that's definitely my dad. You know, that's so a wonderful. I'm thing. glad, man. I'm glad that I had parents like that. That you know, that that I can credit all of who I am today to them. You know, no doubt about it. Tim, thanks for seeing an extra segment today. Uh, what's your father's name? Jim. Jim Lammers, Jim and my Lammers. mom's name was Anella. So, yeah. Anella and Jim. Tim, thank you, sir. All right, thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you Thursday on KQ. Sounds great. We'll be back. Tom right, yeah. show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at floeintl.com, Flow Docks and Lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. 
Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. Chasing the years of my life. looking at human life and all the rest of it. I just learned yesterday from a friend that sent me the obituary. I had a golfing buddy named John Hempel, and John died at 47 years old on the 5th of April. 47, man. That's way too young. It's pretty young. That is so weird because we were talking during the break that uh, there was Mm -hmm. a kid in my pair, or not a kid, but I knew him. Uh, and he's a little bit older than me. He passed away recently, and I found out yesterday at Mass, and he was only 34. Oh, God. Like, Yikes. 34, that's... Not uh, good. I can't even think of what that would be. <laughs> yeah, some it's... sort of uh, congest... Like, some sort of congenital defect of the heart, maybe. Yeah. Cancer. Thir- cancer's pretty rare before mid-40s. Oh, that, yeah, that's probably true. And it's too young to have died from, like, you know, chronic alcoholism or anything, because your uh, organs tend to hold up longer than that. So, yeah, yeah, they do. It tends to be, like, if you make it past childhood, you're almost definitely going to live till at least 45. Well, that's good news. Well, good Johnny news for everyone. At, Johnny died at 47. He was always a very, very pleasant person to me. I'll tell you that. So, John Hempel, sorry to hear about uh, that. For the Hempel family, sorry to hear about that old. It's horrible. Andy, I had to run this by you and Mom and Melina and Tevin and Alex and everybody. Tevin left. Because I, I don't think this is true. Oh, Tevin left? Yep. He always I thought he has something to two do. Hours. Mr. Big Shot. He said, got I got to go. I'm a big deal. I he works at um, the merry-go-round or whatever the hell. <laughs> yes, he works at a merry-go-round. Doesn't Phenomenal he work at the job. place with the Ferris wheel? Yeah, what's the name yeah, of that does. place? Yeah. Psycho Susie's. Not yeah, Psycho Susie's. Not no, Psycho Susie's. Oh, it's Betty Danger's. Um, Betty, Betty Danger. Yes. Something like that. Let's see. Well, they open close. at 3 p.m., so there you go. Oh. God, I wish you were still here. prep for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, tell me if you believe this, because what I, I think is... It. This thing that can read emotion, but not your thoughts. And the only reason it can read emotion is if you're, the muscle tension in your face will change if you're angry, you're happy, you're sad. Uh, MIT invented a new device that can read your thoughts. Do you believe that's true? No. No. Or at least not to any, like, no. fine degree. Yeah, maybe they can figure out if you're... Anxious or yeah, angry. Well, yeah, it's probably angry, going sad. to be something like they'll tell you to th- like they'll tell you to think of a number over and over, and then later on they'll be able to guess when you're thinking of that number. That's the kind of thing that they can do. Yeah, but it's not really the same reaction. It's not really yeah super useful at this point. It's really hideous, by the way. It looks like they, they, there was there was a picture of it. It's like a oh, it looks to be about maybe three quarters of an inch. 
um, wide, and it loops around your ear and then runs down your neck mm. and then under your mouth. Oh, so it... it oh, so it's all muscle. It senses your muscles. It's all yeah. muscles, okay. yeah. I'm pretty sure if anyone could see all the thoughts that roll through my head every day, I'd get thrown into prison and asylum or both. So maybe pump the brakes, science. I hate that saying so much I can't even tell you. Pump the pump brakes? The pump the brakes. <laughs> I hate that so Why much. Why do you hate the saying you know, maybe pump we should, the brakes? Maybe we should tap the brakes. Maybe we should pump the brakes. Maybe we should slow down. Just stay, slow down. Well, we got ABS now. You don't have to pump the brakes. Exactly. That's very true. Apparently, some researchers at MIT have invented a new device that has the ability to read your thoughts. No, it doesn't. There's no way. Send them to a computer. So, yes, everything in your inner monologue would suddenly become your outer monologue. Right now, the device is just a prototype, and there's no word on when they could take the technology mainstream. But let's hope it takes a long time. I think what it actually does, it reads when you're happy, you're sad, you're whatever. It's your emotion that it reads from muscle tension. It's not your thoughts. No. Right, Andy? Yeah, I really doubt it can well, make your inner monologue into your... That would be like a I mean, 200-year leap in science of sir, so. I mean, I, I guess if they followed you around enough, or I mean, monitored you enough, because I mean, like, you do certain things that I know what that means. Like, sometimes oh, yeah. if you're really upset or, or something, you, you'd like grab your face, like a lot of men like grab their face with their hand. And pull down. You do that when I you're, do that, yeah. yeah. You do that yeah. when you're like thinking that we're going to get in a car crash <sighs> <laughs> or something like that. And also, I mean, like my dad, he always uh, when he was really mad, and I knew we were going to get in big trouble. He'd um, stick out his lower teeth. Oh and, like, yeah, you and, don't like, want that sticking out the lower. Yeah, teeth that thing. meant everybody run. Yeah, you don't need that. So I mean, if True. if they if they monitored that long enough, they'd know when he was extremely upset. Yeah, like yeah there there are machines that they can read the um, your brain patterns, but we can't really translate that into anything no. per se. But if you did have that on someone long enough, you could just read their patterns and then correlate it to you know what they were doing at the time, right? And if you did that for a long enough time, then you could probably get something, get the the ability to read their mind. But it would take a long, long time to do. I would think so, yeah. All right, so basically, Mom and Alex, you can't lie about this. Okay, you ready? I was going to lie. Over half of women are closer to their best friend than they are their husband. Mm-hmm. Well, over half over of marriages half? fail, so there you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Over half of women are closer to their best friend than their husband. So I didn't hear either mom or Alex responding to that, which means they just stabbed their husbands well, uh, right oh, No, no. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. speak for everybody. <laughs> no, well, and I, have, I don't know. When I have a very different relationship with my girlfriends than I do Dan. Like, we talk yeah. about different things and we relate to things differently. So it's not like I'm closer to them, but I'm close well i suppose i'm closer to them in a different way but not like overall in okay girly I'm, way no. yeah I'm, I'm gonna give you the 10 things and see if you agree with these and, and don't lie okay I won't lie. what why okay, would i mom lie? and alex because that's what you, you do you always and do. you're projecting okay here we go <laughs> Uh, according to a new survey, just over half of women say they're closer to their best friend than their husband, and here are the ten reasons why. Number ten, we have a lot more in common. Oh, I didn't realize mm. we were going into a different story. Why? Because you just kind of segued from the mind-reading thing into this. I did. The mind-reading thing so was over. Does. Why? It was just it a very so short hard. story. 
Never really went anywhere. No, well, it's because I don't think it's, it's true. Because it's yeah. fake, yeah. 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 Anyway, we have a lot more in common. Do you have more in common with your friends than you do your husband? Sometimes. Emotionally, okay. yes. And depending on the friend, okay. like my friend Ariel and I both process things in like the exact same way. Paige and I are both very sarcastic. It's like, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Catherine needs to skip this one, otherwise there'll be hell to pay. Number nine, she's less annoying than my husband. Well, That's anybody's true. less annoying than you. I predicted on the <laughs> I predicted on the KQ Morning Show that Catherine, in a heartbeat, would say anybody's less annoying than my husband. Yep, you know me well, and you also know yourself well. So, so that's there good. you go. I am the most annoying person on earth. There you're you self-aware, it. Tom. Very good. Very See, good. I told I you. I wouldn't agree with that. I think they're all, they equally all have their annoying moments, but they're not. Except for I, except for me, I'm more annoying. You're the most annoying, but. That's what, yeah, you and mom both say that. No, I don't uh, Sorry. See, this I know that's is a lie true. if she says it's true. Um, she gives better advice. I give you much better advice than your friends. Mm. Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently not. It would depend on what I'm looking for. Yeah, it depends on the topic. It depends on the topic. (laughs) And you you have a tendency to just blow everything out of proportion and rant and rave. So when I'm not looking for ranting and raving and crazy town i would go to a friend I well like i was about. just i was just talking about this with my friend last week how it's like men like to fix things where it's like if i cuz she was having this problem with her husband where she was like i just wanted to complain about something and he kept telling me like here's how you fix it here's what you should do and women understand like oh you just want to complain and you want somebody to like sympathize yeah so it's di- it's just yeah. a different it is yeah, yeah. Right. it depends on what your you're mom tells me. About. Mom told me years ago that she could read my body language. She knows when another man is in trouble because she said the first thing you do when you're pissed off at another man is you sit sit up really straight. You know, puffy and weird like a bird. Yeah, like a peacock. And then if you're really, really <laughs> mad, you lean forward. And if somebody's about to get punched in the head, you start bobbing your head up and down. Like a bird. Like Just a bird. like a bird. You said like, like a, a cougar at the time. That's a bird. Yeah. What do you mean? You also uh, turn splotchy. Uh, splotchy. You get splotchy. And puffy. Yeah. And Melina, you get like red and splotchy. Yeah. <laughs> Melina gets very red do. and splotchy. <laughs> when you're mad. Mike Lindell's calling me right now. Well, I can answer during the break. Yes. I wonder if he could talk again. To... That's interesting because he can't because oh, right. he had that surgery. He couldn't talk. I'll call him during the break. He had surgery he had where vocal he cord surgery. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, he'll talk about it. TMJ surgery? It'll be unbelievable. Your jaw wire shut for six weeks when you have TMJ surgery. This was only for one week. Fun. Oh. Nah, number seven, we go back much further. That's not true. I mean, Alex, you probably go back further with your friends and with Dan. Yeah, I but definitely mom have. doesn't go. Yeah. yeah. Most of my friends I've known for longer than Dan. Number six, I can really be myself around her. Well, you can be yourself around me yeah, always. I, I absolutely can be myself around Dan all the time. I don't have. And, uh, and can, your mom can be herself around me all the time too. She's spe- she oh. says differently. <laughs> she says differently, Brent. Number five, we laugh until we cry. That's true. You and I do. Yeah, I do that with Dan. We like more of the same things. Okay, so no, you and I like all the same things. That's pretty not much. True. Pretty much. 
Yeah. Well, I don't like I don't like a lot of the movies you like. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I don't like any mob things at all. <laughs> um, I can tell her things I couldn't tell my partner. Oh, so now I'm your partner. I'm not even your husband anymore. Now I'm your well, partner. Well, you have to be inclusive for everybody. So. Okay. So you could tell me anything, though. Except for about you. Yes. <laughs> Except for complaining what does about that you. Mean? <laughs> what is that supposed to What do you mean that you can't tell me about me? Uh, this is why. What, what do you mean? <laughs> you well, can that's tell why. me I anything. Mean, that's why. Every, every single person that's in a relationship knows that there are times where it's like, I just want to complain about my significant other yeah. to you right now because they're driving me crazy for whatever reason. The mom's never done that. Uh, <laughs> She's okay. never had to do that. All right. <laughs> Um, number two, she listens better. That's not true. I listen very well. Um, no, I don't. I would, <laughs> yes, I, I would, do. Yeah, listen I would, for crap. My friends are better listeners than Dan, for sure. I'm the best listener I mean, on earth. Wait, really, guys, really, guys, I feel like yeah, they have like a, they have like three minutes to listen. Yeah. When it's really, really and important, then they're like, and if I'm like, we're having a conversation, like that I really need your help with something or something, he's really good at that. But just like day to day stuff, he's no, my friends yeah. are much better listeners. Yeah. And they remember yeah, stuff. Guys have, yeah. Right. I'm really guys have three minutes and then isn't there a game on? That's what Yeah, happens. or just like And finally, random. we can talk about everything. You and I can talk about anything. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I can talk about anything with Dan. Okay. So there you go. Once again, proving another study that's 100% wrong because <laughs> Catherine said I'm much more reliable than all 10 things. In some things, you're very reliable. That's what I heard, was that I'm better than your friends at everything. That's how you yeah. took... Exactly. That's, that's, that's where you're reliable. That's how I heard that, <laughs> is I'm much more reliable than you all your friends. As you were saying it. Oh Although I did point out... Jude, any more stamps in your ears? No, yeah. you're clear? Unbelievable. Okay. Un- <laughs> Unbelievable. Whatever. Uh, some random facts for your Monday. Corona didn't have to pay their beer featured uh, to have their beer featured in the Fast and Furious franchise. The producers just picked it because it fit the vibe of the characters. A free product oh. placement has been worth at least fifteen million dollars to Corona. Oh, absolutely lucky. If you spell out every number, eight is the first number alphabetically, zero is last, and one billion is the first number that has a B in it. Well, of course it does. Hitler had a nephew named Patty Hitler who joined the U.S. Navy during World War II and had to fill out a form of any relatives who might be fighting for the enemy. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, yeah, the, ma- the main uncle. enemy. <laughs> My uncle Adolf is fighting for the enemy. The giant oh, enemy man. of all time. It's P-A-D-D-Y, by the way. It's Patty. P-A-D-D-Y. Oh, uh, you're required to have a net worth of at least $1.5 million to open a Taco Bell franchise. Oh. That's pretty good. And the main reason Will Smith did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was that he owed $2.8 million in back taxes and needed the money. Wow. 70% of his pay for the first three seasons of the show was garnished by the IRS. Really? There you go. That had to suck. We will be back. We have a guest up next on Bernard Show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl. And after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion 
to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. What message, though. What the hell's that all about? Fly over. It Wrong happens. You, Sometimes sister. people run late on their other interviews. Or they have uh, the five well, here you go. More that. The five gifts, discovering hope, healing, and strength when disaster strikes. Oh, the four was written by Dan Rather. I just We just interviewed Dan Rather a few months ago. So, I don't know. Is he the guy who talks like this? Yes. Uh, Wait, who, who, uh, that's which Scott one Pelly. is that? That's is that Dan? No, yeah. well, uh, him oh, and Scott also. Pelly. Who's the, I like to lick a lemon lollipop in oh, Lily Tom Hammer. Brotha. Tom, Tom <laughs> Brokaw. Brokaw. Who's the guy? Tom Brokaw plus Rather would be Brotha. Who's the guy on I know the name Dan Rather. That talks really annoying. Uh, Anderson Cooper? No, he's not. <laughs> no, that's Scott Pelly. It's Scott Pelly. You should want to talk yes, about this. Shot. Yes, oh, it yeah, it's Scott Pelly. Because Dan will watch 60 <laughs> Minutes. And I'm like, why does he talk like that? It's so annoying. <laughs> There's no way they didn't make those voices up in order to be more <laughs> yeah, like, uh, memorable. People don't talk like that in yeah, normal life. <laughs> I understand. Like, um, what's his name? The uh, dad in Blast from the Past. I'm the only person on earth who would name that as his main role. Um, I have no idea. What the hell's his name? All I know while you're thinking he of it. He talks all weird. And while you're thinking of it, all I have to say is I have batted a thousand on this show. It'll be six years in August that we've been doing this show, right? Mm-hmm. I've batted a thousand. Every time I promote we're up next with a special guest. Yeah. They don't show up. Every yeah. time. It's not, unbelievable. You should not say that anymore. I, I yeah, every time. Yeah, it is. It's like a it's like a joke. If we say nothing, they call mm-hmm. early. And yeah. If we promote them, then it's uh, like, who? What? Christopher Walken is who I was thinking of. Oh, Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. No. He, he that voice that uh, voice he, is definitely made up. I don't no, what yeah. you're talking he talks about. like that because yeah, he, he knows true. that people will imitate it, and therefore he'll become more famous. Yeah. Now Molina likes to point out when the Dow is down, so I like to talk about when it's up. It's up 341 points today, nice. so that's good. Good. So it's basically back to where it was uh, this time last week, right? Yep. Um, yeah, up 341 points. It's at 24 uh, I just think, you know what I think this is? I think it's the very wealthy taking advantage of the stock market. I think the very wealthy are driving the stock market down so they can make even more purchases, which drives the stock market back up, and they're worth more money. Well, that's what I'm doing. Every time it crashes, just buy stock, and then once it goes back up, sell it. You should get a show on Free money. CNBC. You should get... Uh, 
The Andy Bernard Show. Here's what I do. Well, I mean, the problem is these swings are like, what, 10% at most? So even if you put $10,000 in, you're only making $1,000 every, like, three months. So it's not going to make you rich. So what do you think, Andy? still something. Andy and Molina, do you think China will buckle first in the trade dispute or the United States? Probably, because China relies almost entirely on us. That's what I thought. I thought they also, and I thought they... I thought India propped them up a lot, too. Don't they feed? The United States or China? China. And China and India both play very similar roles in that all their money comes from selling things to richer countries. Well, also, they have to feed all those people, and they both yeah. grow a lot of grain. Yes, they do. A lot of, like, when you think of, like, an agricultural product, a lot of them are mainly grown in China that you wouldn't think of. It's like, I think... Uh, well, soybeans, obviously, or, you know, those make sense. Right. Oh, Andy's, Andy's delving deeply. Let's see. Um, potatoes, tomatoes, sorghum, peanuts. See? Barley. A lot, a lot of things that normally you'd think of as American. Yeah, definitely. Cotton, oil seed. China produces, uh, because they have just so much land and so many people who are too poor to do anything but farm. Whereas Americans are like, they think they're too good for farming. Americans think they're too good for farming? Absolutely. Really? Go to any wealthy area and, you know, offer someone a farm, a well-paying farming job. Really? And they'll be like, my lawyer will get back to you. (laughs) I don't know. No, what are you gonna do? Well, there's some jobs out there. A lot of people would like to farm, and I mean, many family businesses would like to have gone on, but there's not that much money in just a family farm anymore. It's all corporate farming. Well, there will be if the Chinese thing works out, because if we can't buy cheap lead-filled wheat anymore from China, then we're gonna have to make it (gasps) lead-filled wheat. Mm. Lead-filled wheat. That was their toys. That was their toys. Yes. We need much more of that. It's all true. I think technically the food, the food that we get from China is actually not a problem. It's basically everything else. Yeah, America has America has the lowest standards of farming in the world. I doubt that. No, not the lowest. If you're gonna buy some wheat from like you know Uganda or. No, because yeah. you know how rice. Everybody Wakanda. was all up in arms about rice having having arsenic in it. Yeah. If you buy r- rice from the United States, you don't have to worry about that. But anywhere else, you do. Well, it's like all sorts of things are like that, and it's not necessarily a problem. Like potatoes, if you eat the root or something, that's poisonous. And kidney beans, if you don't cook them enough, that's poisonous. No, but arsenic is a problem. But but everything is going to have some level of toxic stuff in it. It's just like, what was the level, though? Well, I don't remember exactly, but I just remember that there was unacceptable amounts of arsenic in the rice. At least maybe a year there ago. There we go. The FDA. Everybody October 2017. Arsenic in rice. <laughs> rice. How we get on these subjects? <laughs> is a leading understand. dietary source of arsenic. That's oh See? Good. Gotta have some arsenic. Well, yeah, but that's just how rice is. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like... What are you going to do about it? You can't... You're not... They're not growing the rice and adding in arsenic. That's just Yeah, that's just something they do rice. is make arsenic. Uh. Yes, they are. They're sprinkling it as a flavor <laughs> additive. That's what I heard. Uh, yep. <laughs> that is wrong. Delicious. What are you doing It's like MSG. Just look at it. 
I just got a text message from John Lastman that... Uh, oh, that, God. Uh, What's wrong now? No, nothing's wrong. It's just a guy, a guy he used to work with as the new operations manager at Entercom, but I don't know if that means in Minneapolis or nationally or what he means. I'm, I'm assuming they mean in Minneapolis. He was a guy... Well, his name is Andy Bloom. He, he, he was the one that went around when Howard Stern came in the market and told everybody that Howard would kill me in my career. Oh, that... That nice guy. Okay. Andy Bloom. He was also he showed up one time at a at a radio convention wearing a cape and had a cane. <laughs> okay, why don't you dial Dapper. back? <laughs> I don't know. Fancy, I, I've man. met Andy a couple of times. I don't I don't really know him all that well, but I've met him a couple of times. So Did he go Probably. A cane's not too crazy, but a cape? What the hell? Who yeah. the hell wears a cape? A cape with a cane. It's a cape. I it's, used the, to, it's the combo. I used yeah. a bedazzled oh, yeah. cane in my uh, prom grand march. Remember that? Yes, yeah. you, you did. Guys there you go. Did, were you there? Did you <laughs> go yes, to that? Yes, we were there. Uh, Are you yes. sure? Jesus. I'm positive. You brought up a great memory because, I mean, it is almost prom season, and yeah. uh, these two guys in my class dressed up in the Dumb and Dumber tuxedos, oh, the baby blue yeah. and the bright orange. <laughs> That's awesome. But they did not tell their dates. So they met their dates oh, at the Grand March, and they so were so mad. Oh, my gosh. Dan, he, we're going through our basement, and um, he found some, Your like, lower level, thank you. Our lower level. Um, and he's found some, like, old pictures and stuff. And there's a picture of him with his prom date, and he thought he was so cool. <laughs> you can tell. I was like, look at how cool you think you are. This is hilarious. And his prom date, back then, he graduated in 2004. Four, I think. 2004. If he's a year older than me, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 2004. And his prom date had like cut out sides on her dress, so her like skin was showing. And I was like, "You went to prom with me? Slutty prom date <laughs> in Wilmer? Oh, I know. I'm that's like, really in cool. Wilmer oh. in 2004. I was like, who is this chick? Ah. Inappropriate, <laughs> like Daniel. Girls. I was like, I cannot believe that your mother let you go to prom with this girl. Maybe she grew up to be like a nun or something. How do you know? Maybe she wore a cape. If she would have worn a cape, I would have been more impressed than her little side torso situation. Slinky outfit. Uh, side pockets. I'm the like, very really, special side pockets. I've always thought that the cutout things that people wear their prom dresses, it's like you find a floor length gown and find a way to make it slutty. I really? know. Like how, oh, really? some of the stuff. People, yeah, people start posting fic- pictures of their daughter's prom dresses, and I'm like, yeah, I no. would not let my no. kid wear that. I'm sorry. Absolutely I, not. No way. And I wouldn't let my son go to Why prom not? with a girl wearing that. I'd be like, put some clothes mm-hmm. on, then we can <sighs> talk. That stupid Kardashian influence. Yeah, well, that doesn't help. Well, this is no, from 2004. This is from way back. Uh, Haven't they been around that long? And in Wilmer. My God. Seems like it. It's been around a while, I don't but not 2004, I don't think. No, I don't. Th- I think like they started. A long time. I think they came up from the underground when I was in college. Hmm. So 2004, I was still living in Dayton, I think. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 2004 is the year we moved. Yes. Yeah. So that's how long ago that was. Well, they've been around a long time. Pretty soon, it's going to be the Kardashian grandkids. That's true. Well, God, there's yes. like 13 year old girls with like three inch long shorts. 
It's like, why were your parents That's another thing. It's like people post their prom pictures or like their younger siblings or their kids' prom pictures, and all the girls look like 35. I'm like, you're a junior in high school and you look. Well, that was Way the case like old. back You're when I makeup. went to prom even. I went to prom three of the four years, and uh, it was crazy because I went to a conservative Roman Catholic high school, yeah. and uh, my They're senior year. My They're senior the worst. year, though, it was funny because we were so poor. We would always have prom on the paddle floor down on the Mississippi, but we were so poor that we sure. had to stay in dock. We could not. Drifted down the river. Yeah. <laughs> so senior year we raised the money because we we're like, this is ridiculous. All the other high schools that rent boats go by us and they're laughing and Use so we boats. raised the money for the gas. And sure enough, they made this big thing where they're like, if you get caught with liquor, no matter how long into the prom, the four hours, we are turning around. Not even an hour. Oh All of a sudden God. we're in the middle uh, of the Mississippi and we start to do a turn. Oh, God. No. Like, oh great. Oh, God. Oh, so man. somebody had to wheel it up, huh? Yep. There was a an article uh, that was going around in about a girl who went to high school and she didn't wear a bra. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess deal. all the boys were like snickering, and you know, every it was just disruptive. So the principal brought her in, and she's like, you know, the only thing I can think of is you have to put band aids over your nipples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You the backlash and the craziness over this oh, yeah. is. Unbelievable. They went nuts over that story. It's very, very How dare you tell my daughter that her body who just that just puts fat deposits where it does naturally yeah, is wrong oh, i was God. yelled at for wearing shorts several times when i went to <laughs> wherever that school was sixth grade you went to about 15 different schools <laughs> the, one in the fifth and sixth grade the one in Elk River. What was that place called? St. Andrews? St. Andrews, yes. You like St. Andrews. Yeah, we but I, that, why we, you weren't supposed to wear shorts, and sometimes I wore shorts, and <laughs> oh, I'd get in trouble for it. And I didn't tell them that they hated my body. I said, <laughs> I don't care. Well, I remember like, at seventh grade at St. Anne's, they sent me home because my <laughs> jeans were too tight. Dad, <laughs> said, really? You need to go home and change your jeans. They're too tight. I'm like, oh, God. And he said, what are you looking at, nun? Yeah, what are you looking at there, sister? <laughs> Ah, the poor nuns. <laughs> poor nuns that had to put up with my crap. Oh, the little sisters of the poor. Hi. Uh, I mean, but really, I mean, you don't go to school without a bra when you're in high school. Unless no, you no. want... Well, yeah. I, I mean, not like What's well, like I, uh, I mean, in Seinfeld, one Elaine's hand, friend. I want to say... She doesn't what? wear a bra. Yes, Elaine has right. that friend, yeah, and then Elaine oh, gives yeah. her friend a bra, and she actually starts wearing it as a top. She's walking around Manhattan oh in yeah. just a bra. That's right. Well, like Rachel right. and Friends for a couple seasons didn't wear a bra like ever. Yeah. And I was like, put a freaking bra. And it's like, gee, I wonder why. On. Yeah, like yeah, I put a bra on. Got so famous. Gross. Well, Andy, Newser just lost our business. Why? Because it will not give me stories unless I turn yeah. off the ad blocker. A lot of sites I'm do that. I'm not going to do it. Oh. Yeah, they say, turn off your ad blocker or you can't come here. And it's like, well, if your site's going to freeze my there. computer, then right. I'm not turning off my ad blocker. Yeah, sorry. That's why I had to install an ad blocker on the podcast computer is I would go to sites, the entire computer would freeze, and I just couldn't use it until we went to break because... You had to restart it? Yeah. And it's, hey. yeah it's not acceptable. No, it's, it's not. It's not acceptable. It's very, very true. I don't know what their problem is, but they can kiss my sister's black cat's ass, as Bo Hopkins once said in the movie The Wild Bunch. If you've never seen the movie, see it, because it's one of the best movies. It's one of the best cowboy movies of all time, but it's two and a half hours long. Oh, 
which I didn't remember. Yeah, it's two and a half hours long, but it's really, really good. It had all the big uh, Ben Johnson and Warren Oates and Bo Hopkins and all the big stars of the day were in it. Very, very good. Well, Alex, have a have a great drive home, and we'll talk to you. When are you coming in again? Um, I'll be here on Wednesday and Thursday this week. Okay, and then we'll see you on Friday. And then I'm picking you up from the airport. That'll be good. I like yep. it. All right, yep. we'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.